uh, bottom of the barrel, the show where we dig deep through the ikigoo to find you some tasty stories. Uh, I am Josh. Today I am taking over, uh, but Mitch is right here next to me. Mitch, how you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited to have you hosting it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. really I, it's, it's been really hard to find time with like hobbies and life and work, um, but it... It's yeah. fun to actually spend time digging deep into this stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shitty bedroom podcast is definitely. Oh one yeah, of yeah. This one exists. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if if I get a platform to uh, let everyone hear my voice, I'm gonna take it. Yes. So um, I always find time for it. <laughs> um. So today we're gonna be talking about dinosaurs in Africa. Um, I'm gonna start by asking, like. What's what was your first memory of dinosaurs? Oh, um, first memory would probably be you know the the, the quintessential plastic dinosaur toy. Yep. Uh, making dirt mounds in the backyard, <laughs> uh, putting them, placing them all over the top of it, and then also setting up my army men to you know of course. Go, cool. Go cool. To war with yeah. The yeah. Sure. So yeah. so you went fully uh, lost world on 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 them. Oh, it was great. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think, like, my earliest one was, like, for some reason, I was, like, dinosaur obsessed when I was, like, two years old. Mm -hmm. So, like, my first, my, sorry, my second birthday, um... Maybe you were a dinosaur in your past life. Like, maybe I was. <laughs> maybe, yeah, you know what? Maybe I am a dinosaur of the past. I feel like it these days. My, my knee's, like, already starting to click. Uh, yeah, 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 that's the sound I make when I get up in the mornings. <laughs> um, yeah, and I had, like, a, um, like, a dinosaur cake... Um, like the big dinosaur posters, dinosaur toys, and everything like that. Like it's like dinosaurs. They're um they're a big part of childhood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. um, everyone. And I'm assuming you've seen like like Jurassic Park and all that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So instead of uh, Costa Rica, though, we're going all the way over to Africa Great. today. So our story first starts at the turn of the 20th century. Um, the British Zoological Society um, displayed an image that made onlookers gasp. Now, it was a strange creature for the time, one that looked to be a cross between a, a zebra and a giraffe. Um, a creature called an okapi. Have you seen one of these before? No. No? Oh, well, so uh, this is what an okapi looks like. It's like, um, oh. yeah, it's like, uh, they're quite cute. They're these kind of weird... Why does it have a giraffe face? I don't know. Yeah, that's it. So that's <laughs> it. They're a cross between like a giraffe and a zebra, right? But these things, they were heralded as the unicorn of Africa. Okay, I, I can see why. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the society was abuzz when this discovery was first sent over um, by Sir Harry Johnston. Um, he was the governor of the new colony of Uganda in Central Africa. Um, while a lot of reasonable persons thought this just to be a new discovery, uh, one of which, by the way, locals of the region knew well about for like over a millennia. Yeah. Um, others claimed this to be exactly, like I said earlier, the unicorn of Africa. There's like a big buzz in this time as well for that kind of stuff. Like uh, even like uh, like artifacts coming out of Egypt, yeah, rare animals traveling. It was yep. like the collectors in the in Britain, yeah, mostly yep. like bringing these treasures of the new world across to display. And everybody was just 
got way out of hand. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, well, that that's all going to play like a massive part. Yeah. Uh, in the, today's story, mm-hmm. because realistically, it is about today's story is about how white men exploited the African population, while in turn maybe the Africans were also kind of, you know, pulling the wool over white men's eyes at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So. The Ogilvy corpse was eventually sent back to London with a note that, you know, African locals, they, they'd known about this from, for a millennia. This, not, this is nothing new. Um, however, the British, to the British, uh, something didn't exist until uh, a European had discovered it, basically. Yeah. Um, this led to further thinking that if a unicorn was just waiting to be found in Africa, walking around, what else could there be? Dinosaurs? King Solomon's mines, who knew? And this is around uh, 20 or so years prior to that. Um, a little race started uh, known as the uh, Scramble for Africa. Okay. Um, so basically, this is where a period in time where seven uh, European nations basically conquered, divided, occupied, and stripped the area of its natural resources. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Classic <laughs> colonialism. Classic you you got to love it. you got to yeah. love it. Try <laughs> um, So, these discoveries of uh, new species, as well as earlier claims of discovering the um, city of uh, Ophir, uh, which I had nothing, I had no idea what it was. So, it's pronounced, uh, so, sorry, it's spelled uh, O-P-H-I-R. Okay. Am I pronouncing that right? Do you know? No. No? Okay. No, no, no. This is uh, so, so, it's basically a... Um, what was alleged to be a mining outpost uh, to King Solomon. Right, okay. Um, This was uh, allegedly found in Central Africa, um, and they began to see um, Africa as, like, the new frontier of discovery, uh, where a European can make a name for himself as well as riches. Um, We're not going to be going into anywhere near enough detail uh, about the explore, exploration and exploitation of um, that, the continent of Africa. Um, but by this point, the Western world sees Africa as a wild, untamed landscape where even the most bizarre could be a reality. This was further encouraged to the public with the release of the Lost World movie in 1925. Have you ever seen that? No. No? Okay, so, I, yeah. Honestly, the, that... That's probably older than my dad. Yeah, oh yeah, it, it's like a classic. It's um, in the uh, Congressional Archives in the States uh, as being this big turn-of-the-century movie. Okay. Um, it's based around uh, explorers um, in Brazil and Peru. Mm-hmm. They find this plateau with basically all these lost creatures. Right. So, dinosaurs and... Um, so yeah, basically this movie about this lost world, this, these creatures that had never been seen before. Yeah, yeah, like the wildest fantasies. Yeah, the wildest fantasies imagine. you could possibly imagine. Yeah, cool, alright. So during the first decade of the 20th century, two German big game hunters uh, and animal collectors, uh, Karl uh, Hagenbeck and Hans Schromberg, uh, claimed to hear stories of some sort of uh, saurian. For those unaware of what a Saurian is, it took me a little while to figure it out as well. It should be really obvious, but basically it refers to any large reptile or lizard, so di- especially dinosaurs. Right, okay. So, so, so yeah, um, 
once once I kind of like pieced that together, I was like, oh yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah. Yep. Um, but this creature was allegedly known to African and Euro- European uh, hunters in northern and southern Rhodesia, which is now um, Zimbabwe. Yep. Um, to the pygmy people, this creature was known as the uh, legendary uh, Macaulay um, um, break start. Uh, this creature was known as the legendary uh, Macaulay M- Mumbe. Cool. Now, I'm going to probably butcher the pronunciation of this word because I've said it a thousand times in my head and <laughs> every time I say it, it changes ever so slightly. So we're going to do our best. When you uh, did send me like that message the other day, you're like, hey, have you heard of the Macaulay? Okay. This isn't even the worst one that we're going to oh, cover really? as well. <laughs> like the pronunciations, are, uh, they're going to be, they're going to be like on top today. Um, Macaulay Membe. Yeah, Macaulay Membe. Yeah, thank you. That's it. Like, I don't understand how to figure out how to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think we could do it as many different ways as we could possibly think of. Yeah. We'd still more than likely be wrong. It would be wrong and offensive to at least a handful of people. Yep. So we're going to do our best. Now, it was described as being this semi aquatic, larger than elephant creature with a long neck. And a thick tail. Um, it was also said to have either a large single horn or tooth, um, depending on the translation. However, as the years progressed, that kind of got forgotten. Okay, but like a narwhal. Well, not no. It was it was like a. One it was really meant to be like a tooth? really. Well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> is it is it a long? It, that's that's where translation comes into it. I think is okay. because what we would see, what we would think of a tooth would be like within the mouth yeah whereas this seems to depict more of a horn type thing but that's what i mean like the narwhal's horn is a tooth okay okay well now i'm learning something okay yeah wow i didn't know that so that would okay that makes sense yeah okay so this yeah well then this thing is basically a tooth but not coming out of the mouth i guess yeah 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 (laughs) all right so um but definitely, you know, like made of um, ivory or bone, uh, as opposed to like a or like a rhinoceros. Mm-hmm. But these two, but to these two hunters, um, they were sure that this description that they'd heard from the pygmy pygmy people um, was referring to a brontosaurus. So, the hunt for a prehistoric creature was further validated uh, in 1938 when a South African fisherman. Uh, caught an incredibly large species of fish uh, identified by academics as a colocanth, um, a species thought to have been long extinct. Do you know what they are? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So this massive fuck-off fish uh, basically looks like it has almost armour plates to its sides. It's it's a strange creature. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're not familiar with the fish, but you are familiar with the Pokemon games, I think it was like yes. Ruby... Uh, Ruby and Emerald and those Ruby and, ones. Yeah, Ruby Sapphire, yeah. Pokemon yeah. called Relicanth, which uh, was pretty yeah, close it's to... Yeah, pretty, it's pretty much... That's it there. Um, yeah, it's kind of like... I don't know, the tail kind of makes me think flounderish to a degree. Yeah. Um, it kind of looks like a fighting fish tail, that's all like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, so this thing was heralded as a... Basically a living fossil. Yeah. Thriving within Africa. Um, again in uh, 1948 uh, an American German rocket developer and avid uh, cryptozoologist uh, Willie Lay further spread uh, the idea with his book The Lungfish, The Dodo and The Unicorn 
a work of romantic zoology. Oh, I want to read this. It sounds good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not, not, not. How romantic does he get? With... I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't fully read it, yeah. so I've only, I've only skimmed it. Um, but it definitely sounds like uh, an interesting read, to yeah. say the least. To say the least. Um, there is contention between whether or not like it's factual. Okay, to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but. In this book, uh, Lay described a Sarash, um, a dragon of Babylonian mythology. Okay. Have you heard heard of these? No. 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 So uh, basically, described as this um, quadrupedal creature, lives within caves. Um, there is taught uh, in the uh, Book of David, before he comes to the lion, there is a dragon. Okay. And it's thought that this is that dragon. That dragon. Now. Is it just this image, or are they always made out of bricks? Uh, look, I can't <laughs> confirm or deny that they are always made out of bricks. Um, however, this one is, uh, which he observed uh, on the Ishtar Gate, uh, which was excavated from Babylon, um, right. and then it was rebuilt in Berlin. Um, it's meant to be like a really incredible thing to see. Yeah, that's definitely older than my dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Older yeah. than your dad. Well, uh, it, it dates back to the 6th century. Yeah. So um, I'm well, gonna say it's, uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna probably uh, yeah be a little bit older than most of us. Yeah. Even uh, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, but on this gate, um, it depicts uh, images of many different species, um, along with uh, an orokoth, which uh, yeah oro oro I actually don't know how to pronounce this word, so it's another word that we're going to be butchering. Um, basically, a long extinct species of cattle from Europe. Okay. Um, Lay argued that if such creatures like the Orokoth uh, existed and could be found far from Babylon, that it was possible that other creatures on the gate could as well. Um, so to Lay, it was proven without doubt that this Babylonian dragon, um, the Hagenbeck Brontosaurus, which we talked about a few minutes ago. Yep. Uh, as well as uh, Monkeli Membe, uh, they were all the same creature. Yeah, right. Um, from from having the claims of the city of um, Ophir in previous years, uh, the link between Babylon and Central Africa was kind of already ingrained uh, within the public consensus. Um, he felt he didn't need to really back up the claims because of it. Okay. Um, which, oh. yeah, I mean, he, he did release another book um, I believe in the 50s that kind of like it kind of like contradicted some of the stuff he'd originally previously yeah um, but you know each to their own I guess I mean to be completely honest when it comes to that kind of stuff if there's like an author that's researching something and writing a book about it more often than not it like takes a pretty like pretty good set to be like hey no i was wrong when and i've learned more since then and i've grown and what i might have written previously is no longer true that's no no we this can't is, we, we can't have that <laughs> no, no 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 we cannot have people correcting themselves like that that just doesn't happen yeah no no no, no, no. How, how dare you how dare you because <laughs> <laughs> well, like you really just like don't get that anymore so in 1980 uh, explorer, uh, self-funded explorer, 
independent explorer, oh. uh, James H. Powell Jr., as well as bio- biologist Professor Roy Mackel, um, who is also an avid Loch Ness monster enthusiast, set out in search of this Macaulay, not Macaulay Culkin, Macaulay Membe. So they documented their journey, um, as well as uh, Professor Mackel writing a book in 1987 called A Living Dinosaur, The Search for Macaulay Membe. And unfortunately, they were unable to find this creature firsthand. However, the stories and information from locals helped create a broader picture of this creature. Um, during his time in the uh, Likawala oh, Swamp region, mm-hmm. I'm going to butcher that pronunciation as well, I am so sorry, um, Mackle also heard stories of other dinosaur-like creatures. Um, now this is where it gets fun, because the pronunciations are going to be even better. So you've got the Emela Naktuka, uh, which literally translates to killer of elephants. Whoa. So it's said to be a single-horned rhino-like creature. First uh, speculated to be a Centrosaurus, um, but the pygmy tribes were unable to confirm any sort of like neck thrills. So, um, Right, so they're basically like going in, uh, speaking to the native people of the area, getting these stories of these what to uh, to the native people are like mythological beasts essentially like in in their culture well they're, and they're trying and they're saying oh well, this sounds like a dinosaur that we know about yeah to a degree so they're not necessarily mythological they are to uh certain tribes they are factual yeah okay um but yeah it, it's almost like they go in and they try to compare it to something that already exists or has already been, um, sorry, not exists, but has already been documented and like said to be a prehistoric creature, basically. Right. Um, which is another thing we'll get into later. Um, but you can see the creature that they're describing is basically like that oh. long horn on the front, uh, thick tail at the back, walks on all fours, but skin no like um scales or anything like that so it's not like yeah it kind of looks like a big dog with a like t-rex head or something called. yeah like i guess it's kind of t-rex-ish yeah yeah but it's um, got to be like clifford sized right like yeah i well i mean it's taken down elephants so you'd assume so yeah yeah um but we'll put the link and everything uh in the bios uh so that everybody else can decide what they think it looks like this creature was different to uh, rhinos, however. Um, the horn was made of bone or ivory, um, not hair, yep. like a rhino's. Um, and they were very seldom the winner when conf- when like confronting elephants. So Mako left room for speculation that it may very well be um, a, a Centrosaurus still, just maybe slightly different. Maybe it had changed. Maybe it had evolved throughout the years. Yeah, well... I guess it's sort of been a long time since they. Yeah, just a few million years. Yeah. Like, you know, just what's a couple of million years between friends? I mean, <laughs> so it was becoming clear to Mackle that it wasn't just the Mikulimembe uh, in the region, but a whole ecosystem of creatures not yet discovered by science. Um, another example is the Nuguma Monet, uh, which in Bantu translates to uh, large boa. Um, it's said to be this large quadrupedal snake-like creature 
similar to like a, a crocodile or an alligator, um, but with a forked tongue and a serrated spine. All right. um, and it's said to basically uh, hunt hippos in uh, Lake uh, Bangawalu. Um, you've got a photo of this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, a, I've got a photo. Hang on, one second. My sec. imagination is going wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's the artist rendition of it. It's basically like a, almost like a giant salamander. Yeah. But yeah, wow. So and I mean, if this thing's taking down hippos, like yeah, it's gonna be big. Yeah, um, it's said to be, I think, from what I read, uh, over six, uh, six foot long uh about a meter wide or so but like they are they are serpentine still yeah but yeah, it looks like it's a, it's a snake with legs it's, it's a snake a, with it's legs it's a, it's, it's a leg snake yeah yeah, yeah. so in uh, 1992 uh, a japanese team headed to uh lake tele uh in the apina district of the republic of congo you're, um, you're from the apina district <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> 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 so this was a uh, meant to be a high-tech expedition. Um, they settled on uh, Lake Tele from uh, reports of the indigenous pygmy tribe uh, in 1956 uh, had hunted and killed a Mekelemembe. Oh. Yeah, so it, like the tribes were actually out there killing these things. It'd be a good feed. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they're bigger than elephants. Like, that's got to be at least, like, two days worth of food. Yeah, yeah. High risk, high reward. <laughs> um, during this time, they had uh, a plane fly over Lake Tele, taking a video. And uh, from the video that I'm about to show you, you can see this large uh, object moving through water. Uh, most people in the cryptic community uh, have disregarded this video as nothing more than a canoe moving through water. Um, but in it, you can see like the front of the image is kind of like pointed, like a horn. Right. So I'm about to show you this uh, video here. Now, what I don't like about this video is it claims it's from 92, but the quality is crap. It's in black and white, which I don't fully understand why. Okay. Um, but anyway, here it is. So you can just see a trail kind of behind it, and then it's like just a very blurry oh, outline. Yeah. Um, so. Okay, can you just play that again? Yeah, 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 I can play it again. Yeah, yeah. Hang on, I'll bring it back, bring it back. So bring it there. So the camera's currently focusing, trying to like focus on it. Um, you can see like kind of the break behind whatever it is, and it's it's almost like an elephant with a with its trunk in the air. Yeah, but that's in the middle of a fucking lake. Like, yeah, elephants aren't that good of swimmers. No, and a canoe would not put out that much wake. No, yeah. unless it's like it is like that's the thing I is know. yeah I guess if it's like a, there is like a little motor or uh, like a little outboard you know the yeah like the yeah rivers with the real long pole down the end yeah it's just a whippersnapper motor yeah yeah <laughs> um like that's that's the thing though like these community like a lot of a lot of like journalism will claim that like they're uh, communities that have not been touched by the outside world they have been yeah it's just 
how much they interact is up to them still. Yeah. Um, which is, again, another thing we'll get into. And yeah, there were people, like, travelling through the area, like, prior to this time and stuff as well. They may have traded with them very you know, briefly and that kind of stuff. They would have had some sort of, maybe some, some sort of interaction. Well, that's the thing, is, because since the 1980s, there has been over 50 documented expeditions to this area. Right. So, it's not like nobody ever goes here. This is just in the last 40 years, there's basically been almost an expedition a year out there. Um, all in search uh, in Lake Tele uh, for this Munkeli Membe. Um, there's even one actually meant to be taking place in uh, 2032 uh, by a group called Genesis Park, which is a weird name. Yeah. For a... Genesis Park. Genesis Park, yeah. Mm. Searching for dinosaurs. I'm going to leave that up to you to decide where that fits in with your pop culture. Um, yeah. Um, Alright, cool. Sounds like a cult, <laughs> for sure. Well, look, so there is a lot of um, young creationist theories actually behind Munkili um, Membe and the, the dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, where I don't... Like, it's, that's not my jam, so I'm not going to go into it. It's either here or there. Yeah. Here or there. Um, if that's the case, then sure. But d- dinosaurs are the important thing here. Yes. Um, but with so many expeditions to the area, with very little um, fact to bring back, you start to wonder why. Why have so many people gone to this area without success? Uh, why was there very little information about this creature prior to the last few centuries? Unfortunately, this is where uh, skepticism starts to knock on the door. Yeah. So, unfortunately, this will go down the route of the Loch Ness Monster, as this basically is um, the Congo's answer to the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, and look, that doesn't that doesn't uh, like rule it out for me. Either, no, that's it. Because they have like you know twenty four seven like a cam footage happening on the. On Loch Ness, at, to this day, you can go and look at it. Oh, yeah. I, I actually didn't know that. That's really cool. We're going to be doing that later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I had saw in a video just like that was like, oh, three or four weeks ago, this uh, Chinese kid thinks he found footage of the Loch Ness monster. Okay. On one of like the live cams that's set up to record there all the time. Okay, so maybe we need live cams on Lake Teller. Why not? Let's do it. All right. So we're going to be sponsoring uh, live cams on Lake Tele. Uh, you can find the link in the bio. <laughs> um, oh, we could do that for all sorts of different like uh, crypto zoology areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think we should start setting them up down in Tasmania for the Tassie Tiger as well. Yeah, only cams. Only cams. Oh God, only no. only cryptic cams. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll, we'll come up with it. Um, so, Mukili, uh, Mukili Membe is said to translate uh, from uh, Lingala, the, sorry, the Lingala language, uh, to one who stops the flow of rivers. Um, however, it's a tight title. That is a tight title, right? Um, I, I definitely, well, if, if I keep going with my weight gain like I'm planning to, <laughs> uh, that's, that's going to be my new title. Yeah. Um, However, other translations uh, from the, again, Mitch's favourite word, the, Imp- the Apina people. Um, You're an Apina person. Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> um, 
they say that this translates to the word rainbow. Oh. So, again, it, it's what what translation you want to believe. It's really different. They are very different. Um, so, it's where my kind of idea comes in that, well, not just my idea, sorry, but probably the um, the the belief I'm probably closer to um, siding with is that it's more of a, a spiritual being more than a physical being. Okay. Um, but there's also another um, something I uh, uh, something I found when I was also researching was that it's referenced uh, in the uh, Book of David oh. as like a this uh, sorry this one that parts parts water. Right. Um, so this again stems back to Babylonian uh, literature. Um, so whether or not there's something there is another thing. But basically, it's just a another link that um, young creation young creationists are going to kind of grab on grab onto. Yeah, they grab onto the oldest thing. Yeah. It. it is kind of cool that there are like these links. That it's not just like this isn't just like one group of people saying no. this. It can be traced back to a it, whole bunch of different things, and like they're not that far fetched to believe that you know a whole bunch of people have like similar stories. Yeah, they're talking about the same thing and over a different span of time. Yep. it does add a little bit more legitimacy to the story. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, again, this has been like my research is only very loose. Um, because that's, the way, that's the way we do it. On the I had to kind of and loose, baby. throw it together within a few within a few days, kind of thing. So I kind of crammed it as best I could. Um, so there is always going to be room for um, error, and there's always going to be room for um, improvement. I disagree with both of those. Actually, that's it. We discussed we discussed this earlier. Never admit you're wrong. Exactly. Not wrong. We are just leaving a little bit more open. Uh, no. We're leaving things a little bit more open for people to do their own research. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Do your own research. What am I, your mum? Why should I have to do everything for you? Thanks to the discoveries in the 1800s uh, of skeletons of, of dinosaurs in the western interior of the United States, museums, they were racing to uh, find and install full skeletons of the largest beasts, um, such as uh, Diplodocus, uh, Brontosaurus, and their relatives, because unlike others, they gave a wow factor to the, to the facility. Yeah, have you, sure. like... Have you ever gone and seen like a full um, skeleton of like one of these? No, I no? haven't. And okay, it's one of those things that's on the bucket list that I really, really want to yeah. do. Um, yeah, it'd be tight. Mm. I've seen like a whale skeleton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Hang, uh, hanging up, but I haven't seen any like dinosaur ones. Yeah. So I've seen the one in the uh, London Natural History Museum. Oh yeah. Um, that thing is tight. Like yeah. it is massive. Um, whether like I, I'm not a hundred percent certain that it's all correct. Like it's all real. Um, I'd have to actually look that up. Um, never actually bothered until now. Um, but if it is, that's really fucking cool. As in, like it's not like a, an entire skeleton. There's just they've got the majority. They've got the majority in it, and they, they cast and the rest or something. Okay, yeah, cool. not that 
I was just checking. No, 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 no. It, <laughs> it, like, definitely, it definitely. I don't think that this is real. <laughs> I don't think dinosaurs are real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cool. Just check, just check in, man. <laughs> um, so it's not beyond reason to suggest uh, that some adventurers of earlier times simply used uh, the craze that was dinosaurs yeah. um, to fuel their expeditions and find, you know, alternate riches along the way. Um. What many enthusiasts of uh, living sauropods of Africa seem to have missed is that the original stories pertain to areas of, like, Rhodesia, mm-hmm. um, whereas Mokilimembe seems to focus around the, the, Congo, the Congo Basin. Um, however, they seem to have latched on to the idea that basically any part of wild Africa could be home to any one of these creatures. Um, so, like, this, de- this does date back quite far. Yeah. Um, this is probably like turn of the 20th century kind of thing where Africa was seen as the dark continent Um, basically just this untamed landscape full of um, indigenous tribes just waiting to kill you savages savages Savages, my word how barbaric Oh my, oh my word. He's wearing nothing but a loincloth. <laughs> Some would say that's too much. <laughs> um, so many journalists will tell you that they don't pay uh, the locals for the stories to talk to them. Um, Bullshit. Yeah, well, that, well, in saying that, they might not pay for the stories, but they do pay translators, guides, accommodation, food, entrance to sacred sites which could easily estimate between thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, it's why, like, for such a remote area, that's temptation to keep this story going. Yeah, of course. So, like, it, it, I, I never been to uh, Loch Ness, um, but I would assume it's of similar kind of caliber. Like, you want that story to keep going because course, yeah, that's yeah. where your tourism comes from. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I take issue sometimes when, like, uh, anybody's like, well, of course, like, we didn't pay for this story where th- they trusted us enough to share this yeah. knowledge with us, and it just kept, comes across like a randomly virtue, like, signaling sort of thing where you're trying to, like, I don't know, it says more about the person writing the story yeah, yeah. That, than it does, because th- there's even some of those for, like, uh, some indigenous stories and stuff which and a lot of oral traditions which are kept very close to the chest yeah and these people go and spend you know a couple of months max like, oh they just trusted me so much <laughs> that, either that they thought I was one of them yeah oh, and we, met, we had this connection yeah. and then they shared all their secrets with me it's like no fucking way that yeah. happened I mean in some cases yeah but it's going to take a very very long time mm. You'd have to be essentially part of that community entirely, I think, before you get into any of the real, uh, the real nitty gritty kind of stuff. But I do see where you're saying that. Yeah, keep that story going because they're coming and putting money into the larger area, like yeah. the larger economy, instead of paying directly for that story itself. Yeah. Well, there actually, there is an account um, in uh, 1989. Uh, a visiting British journalist uh, called uh, Redmond uh, uh, Hamlin. Um, see, he asked the son of a village elder, why do your people say that you've seen uh, a dinosaur? And he responds with, well, don't you know? 
it's to bring idiots like you here so that you spend a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, so to have that alleged, like, basically on record um, by this uh, journalist is, like, a little damning and mm. takes a little bit of the magic away, I guess. But it's also... Uh, when, when expeditions have gone there, they've taken books of dinosaurs and asked, like, these... Um, these pigmen people, uh, what have you, like, what have you seen? And they've shown them the dinosaur books. Mm. And they've kind of, like, gone off the book, like, what's the closest thing they've seen? They've also done that, and a person's blatantly, you know, spoken, oh, Brontosaurus. And he's asked, well, how, how, how do you know, how do you know that? And he simply replied, in a movie. So, to suggest that these people aren't tapped into, like, the broader world's culture is ridiculous like they are um, sure there are probably some more traditional tribes out there still but a lot of, they're not they're not completely primitive yeah yeah it, it kind of does them a bit of a disservice it, exactly exactly that's that's one thing that i don't want to be doing with this story is um doing a disservice to any of their their cultural beliefs or any of their their uh history yeah, or um, just like their in- level of intelligence or that is expected in- by these yeah. uh, ex- or their integrity. Yeah, um, this is simply just going off of what I found so far, and I think it's probably an interesting story that it has a lot of meat to it, but then when you start going in and starting to dissect it, things start breaking away very quickly, mm. um, and. While it's interesting, um, I don't think it's really a dinosaur as such. I think it's more of a a belief and a spirit kind of thing. As much as I would really love that there is something lurking within the Congo, the, the waters of the Congo, um, eating the largest trees and blocking rivers and chasing canoes, like I would love that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah that um, would be, that would be I'm not 100% convinced on it, no. unfortunately. Um, and what seems to be happening is it's just tourism. It's just bringing tourism uh, through to the region um, for the last century, and that's what's keeping this story alive. Um, it's, yeah, like I said earlier, though, it's important not to dismiss it completely, but while there could be something there, I don't believe it's really a dinosaur yeah there is something a little bit exciting there as well like even if it is just like a tourism thing mm. you know um you can go to paris and you're going to be sure that you're going to see the eiffel tower uh, oh wait no no went, been to paris saw it once but i was way too drunk yeah okay <laughs> look at least you knew that you saw it and you know that that's definitely a real thing yeah yeah and if you're like we're going to go to Loch Ness and we're going to see the loch, which is beautiful. Yeah. And it's a great area as well. But there's like that little, little twinkle in your eye that maybe you're going to be the one that sees Nessie. Yeah. So you want that, you want that possibility, you want possibility. Yeah. 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 And I think that's what, that is important is to leave possibility alive. Um, but yeah, it's, whether, whether or not it is, you know, a dinosaur, um, just a really, really tall giraffe, or 
you know. Really, really tall, tall, fat giraffe. Really tall, fat giraffe. It's a really tall, fat ogre pea. It's a really tall, fat unicorn. Hey, do animals... This might be a really fucking stupid question. Yeah, sure. But uh, do, do you know how animals get, like, giantism? You know, I don't know, and I hope so. Yeah. Because um, that would be, like, an explanation. Uh, well, maybe not an explanation, but say there was, like, elephant already pretty big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elephants get, like, giantism. I mean, and there was this like this huge, huge elephant <laughs> that like you know somebody saw, yeah, 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 and they freaked out and they came came back and then you know you start telling your mates sort of thing. Yep. Heat of the moment, and even if you've just seen something that even just a little bit out of the ordinary, I know that I probably retell things with a little bit more uh, gusto than what actually happened, and no one's writing anything down. Yep. For the most part. These, you know, it's like, um, you're not supposed to call it this anymore, but Chinese whispers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know what you're supposed to call it. But... No, uh, I've got, <laughs> I got nothing more appropriate, unfortunately. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? Like, maybe it's something that is just a little bit out of the ordinary, but over time, the way it's been told has sort of snowballed, and the, the actual event, or the actual thing, has uh, just been blown out of proportion a little bit and then they you know, jumped onto it and said, yeah, we'll use it. This is kind of like a tourism thing. Yeah. The idiots keep bringing us money and they're asking us you know, about dinosaurs. I'm like, you know, if somebody come and did that to me today, you'd be like, no. See, if somebody came into that to me today, I'd be a champion and say, yeah, yeah, just over there, five bucks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is it. Capitalism. Yes. It's not just for Westerners. And I would... This is just complete speculation as well, but I wouldn't put it out of the realm of the possibility that these explorers, when they're having their um, expeditions funded, you know, there's some gullible aristocrat that have said, you know, we're going to go and we're going to find like this dinosaur that we've had stories. Oh, that's definitely happened. They're using that as a cover. They're going there hmm. and they're just like getting a whole bunch of artifacts of of intrigue yep. that they can bring back and sell it happened all the time yep. even with like legitimate expeditions like to Egypt to uncover tombs and things like that they were getting um, grave robbers obviously to help them out and let them in and then they'd return to England to their uh, benefactor but no no we didn't find, it, find anything while mm. we were there nothing of real interest meanwhile they've got like you know 12 mummies sitting on a ship yeah, that they're about to sell on the black market. Yeah, yeah. Which contributed a lot to lost history. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's, only, that's, only a, that's a whole crime of itself, I think. It is, but only because I want to keep the dream alive. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say that Macaulay Membe, for me, is a lost history a lost history okay i like that i like that and i think that's probably um where we'll leave it for today okay so in conclusion mitch thinks it's a lost history i not 100 sure but i do hope that there is something there chasing uh the congolese people through the river systems in canoes uh i've been josh and um Thank you for joining me today. Who are you going to be later on? Uh, I haven't decided yet. It depends on how many more beers I've had. Okay, no, that's fair enough. Well, I've been Mitch, and stay tuned for the next episode to find out uh, who we're going to be next.